We are live. Welcome to the Embodiment of Soul Care. My name is Casey, and this is my lovely sister-in-law, Kelly. This is podcast number nine. Um, pretty exciting. And, oh, it's been a big week. Anyone watching this in real time knows it's been a big energetic week for the collective, uh, for our nation, and really for the world. So. We wanted to just take a moment, um, you know, last week our topic was stop trying to wake everyone else up and focus on your expansion of consciousness. And this week is a perfect continuation of that and we'll really be tapping into the energetics of what's been up in the collective this week and really sourcing inner peace within no matter the circumstances that are happening inside of you, outside of you, whatever you're perceiving, whatever other people are experiencing, that inner peace, that inner light is who you are at all times and is accessible in any moment. So to just start this podcast, we just want to take a moment. I want everybody to take a deep breath and just connect with their heart. Just give yourself a moment to pause and know that however you've been experiencing this past week, which is coming off a few very intense months, you know, so I mean, this is, you know, just take a moment and be with yourself, be with what you've been experiencing, wherever you've been at has been perfect. It's your perfect path. It's your perfect journey. Know that uh, you've been playing your part, just like everybody else has been playing their part. We're going to talk a lot about that later on and where you can find peace in that, where you can source peace in that. Um, but to begin, I was so, this week, what was really interesting that came about, so we ended our last podcast, and I realized um, I'd had a thought about my grandmother, who passed away about two years ago, and I had done a reading with somebody right after that, and they had spoken that my grandma was, you know, now one of my guides and was really there for me, and they were saying that part of what she's providing for me is bridge energy. And at the time, this was two years ago, I was kind of like, oh, that's lovely. Okay. But I went back and I reread it. And what it said was that, you know, because last week we talked so much about, you know, just how divided we are right now as a people and, you know, how trying to be that balance point and, and see these two sides that are kind of constantly going at it um, and just cannot or will not recognize the validity of the other person's side. And um, so what she had said was that my grandmother was going to help me develop bridge language and to be a bridge energy, even more importantly. And now that I look back on it, I thought, oh, my goodness, how beautiful is that? Right. So it brought up this idea of being the bridge. Um, you know, how do you bridge the two sides? So that's kind of where the week started. And then, you know, we went through, um, you know, if we want to mention events specifically, you know, there was. Um, the death of George Floyd, and then all this uprising around it, you know, depending on kind of, I mean, everybody certainly was upset by what happened, but then beyond the upset, you know, people kind of went back to their camps on, on what's happening. And um, what really came up for me was Martin Luther King was so strong in my field this week in a really beautiful way. And I mean, I've certainly always admired him um, and what he brought to the planet. But this week, I got so anchored in his energy. It was just beautiful. I felt like I just got to soak in his energy all week. And um, I had created this meditation. So, you know, I did my meditation number four, and it was all about holding space and anchoring the vibration of peace on the planet. 
And I did that about a day before Martin Luther King kind of popped in my field. And I thought, oh my gosh, he was probably, you know, channeling that because that's his energy. That is the energy that he brought to this planet. That is why he was such a powerful force and a powerful figure. And, um, you know, why to this day, he still carries forward that energy and still brings that. Um, you know, he was the ultimate embodiment of no matter what circumstance you are in or you've grown up in or you find yourself in or that you care about other people that they're currently finding themselves in. No matter what, you anchor that light within, you know the God source within, and you can, you know, it was like what you talked about, Kelly, at the end of last week, you ended it so beautifully at the end of our podcast. You were saying, you know, raise the vibration. And this is the choice point we're in. You know, it's like, we're either going to be Martin Luther King, um, Jesus. These were figures that raised the vibration around them. You know, they did not uh, sink the vibration down. They raised everybody up. And that is who e each and every one of us can be right now. That is the beautiful invitation. And part of, you know, which is a lot what we're going to dive into later, part of how they did that is they were never a victim. Even if, let's say, unfortunate things happened to them, which they did. I mean, even both men were assassinated. You know, it's not that their life went perfectly or that they were never victimized, but in their heart, they were never a victim. And that was the energy they brought. And that's how they were able to bring that level of grace to the planet. You know, so I just, I wanted to presence that for all of us. If you can just kind of feel ah, just that energy that they brought and why it held such power. Um, and inside of that, I really wanted to um, read. So I was called to go look up some of his speeches. And this is actually the I've been to the mountaintop speech that he literally spoke the day before he died. You know, I mean, it's almost like prescient, like somehow he knew. But listen, there's a couple really key parts in this that are just so beautiful and speak perfectly to where we're at right now. And especially, um, you know, listen at the end to the energy he's anchoring. So he talks about, um, you know, if he could live in any time, he would actually choose to live in the second half of the 20th century, and that would make him happy. And he says, now that's a strange statement to make because the world is all messed up. The nation is sick. Trouble is in the land, confusion all around. That's a strange statement. But I know somehow that only when it is dark enough can you see the stars. And I see God working in this period of the 20th century in a way that men in some strange way are responding. Something is happening in our world. Now, what does all this mean to this great period of history? It means that we've got to stay together. We've got to stay together and maintain unity. You know, whenever Pharaoh wanted to prolong the period of slavery in Egypt, he had a favorite, favorite formula of doing it. What was that? He kept the slaves fighting among themselves. But whenever the slaves get together, something happens in Pharaoh's court and he cannot hold the slaves in slavery. When the slaves get together, that's the beginning of getting out of slavery. Now let us maintain unity. Well, I don't know what will happen now. We've got some difficult days ahead, but it really doesn't matter with me now because I've been to the mountaintop and I don't mind. Like anybody, I would like to live a long life. Longevity has its place, but I'm not concerned about that now. I just want to do God's will. And he's allowed me to go to the mountain. And I've looked over and I've seen the promised land. I may not get there with you, but I want you to know tonight that we 
as a people will get to the promised land. And so I'm happy tonight. I'm not worried about anything. I'm not fearing any man. Mine eyes have seen the glory of the coming of the Lord. And this was spoken at a time when many things were going on. And he had that peace in his heart that nothing could touch. And you know, Kelly, there are two things I know that you and I agree on that we are here that you and I want to teach our children. One of it is there's a light in your heart. Nothing can touch. Absolutely nothing can hurt it or destroy it in any way. And it is always there. And number two, you are never a victim. And that's a lot of what we're going to dive into later and kind of a, a fun way to play with how you can, you know, maybe start perceiving life more from that lens. Um, and I just loved that. You know, it's like he was so anchored in that and he brought that, you know, he almost brought, and I love the mountaintop piece because it's like, it's that 30,000 foot view. You know, we've been talking about, it. he's like, I've been to the mountaintop. I see the promised land. We are getting there. You know, it's like, he knows. He has absolute certainty and having that level of absolute certainty had him stand in a particular place and vibrate that out. And I just, I loved that, you know, it was just oh so beautiful. I mean, I just, I was reading it every day, um, the past couple of days. And, you know, I mean, I've shared this with you. It's like, there is a huge portal. I mean, for me, there was a big portal on the planet that opened last December during the solstice. And it's not an accident. So much has flooded through to push this personal and global reset button you know, why is all this happening? Well, there really is a bigger picture, you know, and there really is a portal of energy. And to me, it's a portal of grace that's opened up. It's a portal of expanded consciousness. You know, a lot of times I call it Christ consciousness, and it's not specific to Jesus Christ. You know, that's why he has that epithet on his name. Christ consciousness is that biggest level. It's, it's the biggest, most expanded consciousness there is that we as individuals can anchor on this planet. Um, and there's a real opening for that now where it can, um, be anchored faster. And, um, I don't know that it's just so immediately accessible if you're willing to grab for it. You know what I mean? It's just right there. And, um, let me kind of go back to, oh yeah, no, that was the, no, oh, there was just this really beautiful piece. Cause it was talking about, um, George Floyd, who is actually a very religious man. Um, he's Christian and he did some beautiful ministry work, you know, and what really touched me that kind of sparked some of this is his fiance was saying that amidst all this stuff that's happening, right? She said, this is the exact quote, he would give grace. And that was really, and, and I feel like that was the same vibration, you know, that we're talking about. Yes, he would give grace just as all of us anchoring this vibration would give grace, you know, and that's distinct from even forgiveness or he would love everybody. I mean, sure, that can play in, but there's something really big and expansive, you know, about grace that you can, you can bring grace to anything. You know, you don't have to specifically forgive this or that or be okay with this or that or condone certain behaviors or whatever. That's not what it's about. But you had mentioned, Kelly, it's like grace is the unconditional love of God. And if you can be that big, you are the greatness of God bringing that to the planet. And what better gift can you give the planet than to bring that to yourself and bring that to others? And inside of that, you can have inner peace. And if you have inner peace, then, you know, I mean, there will never be outer peace without inner peace. You know, I mean, that's so much of what we teach. So it's like, you know, until you really anchor that inner peace within, you cannot share that with the planet and you will certainly not see it reflected out in the planet. You know, if you have turmoil within, you will see turmoil outside of you and you will constantly interpret turmoil. You know, if you have victimhood inside, you will constantly see that reflected to you outside. 
Um, but holding a particular bubble of compassion and grace can help you really process some of this. Um, so I just thought that was, you know, such a, such a beautiful way. And it's like, I mean, who, I mean, Martin Luther King had convictions, right? He believed in something. I mean, he had very strong convictions, but that didn't keep him from loving everybody and holding grace for absolutely everybody. You know, it didn't stop him. So you can still have your strong convictions. You can still have, you know, but he wasn't, I would say the difference is he wasn't fighting for anything. He was expanding to allow for something. He was allowing for something bigger. You know, he wasn't, he didn't have a fighting energy. I don't think it's an accident. He was a preacher. You know, I don't think it's an accident. Jesus was a preacher. You know, I mean, there's a particular grace you can bring to others where you're not standing in judgment of, it doesn't mean you condone everything, but you're not standing in judgment of, you're a complete open space for, and inside of that, I mean, literally miracles arise, right? Like at Martin Luther King's time, that was not likely some of what happened after, right? He never got to see it, but amazing things occurred. And there is a portal for that right now as well. There's a beautiful portal if we want to take advantage of it, you know, that amazing things can happen and can transform that we can't even dream of, but only if we hold that space open. If we close it down, the space isn't there, you know, so let's be like Martin Luther King. Let's hold that space open. That was just Oh, so inspiring to me this week. Um, okay, cool. So now here's something fun that we wanted to um, play with because I think sometimes it's nice to hear all these words, right? But it's like, okay, how do I, how do I do this in real time? You know, how do I start, you know, we talk so much about like the power of perception. Well, how do I start to perceive from a place where it doesn't all just crash in on me and bring me down, right? Like the energy of the collective is so intense right now. I mean, you can just kind of get crushed by it, whether it's your sadness and anger mm -hmm. and frustration or, you know, in whatever way, or whether it's how you're perceiving that outside of you, any emotion that is lack of peace and lack of grace, you know, will have your energy field vibrate in a particular way. And then it interacts with other people's energy fields vibrating in that particular way, you know, and then you just kind of got all that going on. So it's like, how do you, dig out of that. You know, last week, Kelly, you called it the soup of crap, right? <laughs> like, how do you start to navigate this soup of crap when that's where you feel yourself in, right? So what we thought we'd play with today is um, a way that you could look at life. It doesn't mean it's the truth, but it's something you could try on. It's something you can play with. Um, turns it, you know, the, the other big thing that came across for me this week, Kelly, was that Shakespeare quote. And um, I was gonna read it because it really applies to what I'm about to explain. <laughs> so all the world's a stage and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances and one man in his time plays many parts. And isn't that true? I mean, if you really look at the world right now, it's like we're all actors in a play playing our parts. You know, it kind of helps you keep some of that 30,000 foot view. It's like, if you really look at just all these little characters, think of it like a movie, like you're the main star, you know, and then you've got all these little characters saying their little parts, like, oh, do, 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 you know, like everyone's playing their part. And I actually, I wanted, I mean, I had a huge breakthrough this week. What I tried on was if anything, um, like no matter what anybody said or did or whatever their experience or emotion was, I would say in my own head, thank you for playing your part. You know, because you said that so much last week, Kelly, I and mean, you had such a beautiful, and the last couple of weeks, actually, you've really hammered home. It's like, let people do their thing. Stop trying to tell them how to do their thing. Let them do their thing. They're on their own journey here. You're on your own journey here. They're learning their lessons. You're learning your lessons. Stop trying to tell them what lessons to learn and how to learn it, right? Worry about yourself. Bring it back over here. And I mean, 
I had kind of, you know, thought I was doing pretty good with that. And then this week I realized I had a whole nother level to bump that up to, which was really yeah. cool. And I actually, I mean, my inner peace really expanded because I was able to just be like, oh, rather than my own reaction or my own judgment that came out, you know, which can happen. Oh, yeah. um, I was like, oh, thank you for playing your part. Thank you for playing your role. You know, thank you for playing your role in this, you know, in this movie, in this drama, all of that. So that, you know, kind of, kind of play with that. That brought me a lot of power this week. And so, okay. So back to my, this kind of goes along with that. So um, we said last week, we want to talk a little bit about free will. How does that play into all this, right? You know, why is all this happening? I mean, are we all just playthings of the gods, right? I mean, don't think it's an accident like the Greeks and the Romans, you know, just felt like puppeteers of, you know, the main puppet masters. Cause sometimes we do feel that way, right? It's like, well, I don't have control over what's happening or where's my control and how do I control things? I mean, it's all kind of why we're trying to control other people's experiences, right? So here's a little something uh, that you can try on. So this is here, I kind of, maybe I'll put it there. Now you can kind of read it. So it's yeah. called free will and the game of life. If we kind of think of life as a game, right? Um, at the bottom level, you know, I'm going to kind of call it a video game just because it's a little easier, I think, to think of than a movie and mm -hmm. it, it relates in better. But so think of the video game creator, right? Somebody creates the video game. And that's basically uh, like us. You know, I mean, we've collectively, just try on, collectively, we have created through our own collective free will this video game called Earth in the Universe. That's what it's called, you know? Take some ownership that we created this. You know, it's not being done to you, it's being done by you as a collective, right? So we all have a handle in having created this, um, which ultimately means nobody's a victim because we've all created this reality. You know, call it a virtual reality, call it a simulation, call it a movie, you know, kind of whatever works for you. But, and what's the game? Okay, so we create this game and it's called, oh, let's create this evolution game. So we're gonna, like, we're gonna forget. So we're God, we're pure God. We're just like hanging out in heaven, doing our thing, creating, extending, loving, beautiful. What if we forgot that we were God? Right. What if we forgot? Point. That creates this video game we're in, you know? I'm sure there's other video games out there that have been created, but we're currently experiencing this one. So we're gonna talk about this one. Um, so it's like, okay, we've now forgotten we're God. That creates a neutral slate. It creates a place where, you know, you've got good and evil. What I find really interesting about this, it links into the Adam and Eve myth, um, which is an allegory. You know, I mean, I don't think it's an accident. Just try it on. I know, you know, this isn't biblical, but it's like, think about that story. You know, you have Adam and Eve and they're playing in the garden of God and then they take an apple. I'm not going to get into the woman and the man and who made who do what. They both took an apple, okay, at the same time. Right. So they take this apple from the tree of good and evil. They eat from the knowledge. So all of a sudden you have a split of consciousness. All of a sudden we split off of God and we go, ah, what would it be like to forget we're God? You know, it's like four-year-olds playing with matches. This is like toddlers running with scissors, okay? Like, but you know, we didn't mean anything bad by it. We weren't like, we were just kind of being a little mischievous, a little curious, right? So boom, all of a sudden we create in that moment, the big bang, the universe is born, you know? And all of a sudden we have a universe where there's a neutral slate and hey, we've forgotten we're God. So beautiful, amazing things come out of it and really tough, like, holy cow, you know, right? Like some of the really hard stuff, but it's like, hey, we've forgotten we're God. So really anything is possible. And I mean, anything is on the map. 
okay, this is the game board we've created. This is the game board we're living in. Okay, so this is the game. And then um, here's my little, so this is only a one-way direction. So you go down from video game creator, collective free will, boop, 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 we're born, okay? That's where you're born. Your little avatar comes out, your little video game player. Um, mine's called Casey, yours is called Kelly. You know, we pop out of the womb, we've got this parent, we've got this situation, we live in this country. X is happening in the collective at the time, right? We choose the time, we choose the place, we choose our parents, blah, blah, blah. You know, so, okay. So that's also, you know, we're also very involved in that with our higher self and all of that, right? We've got angels, we've got all this great stuff going on, you know, that plays into this. Okay, so we're born. Now we're in the game of life starring ourselves as the avatar. Okay, so that's there. Now there's two ways to play this game. And this is where the rubber meets the road. <laughs> One side, and this is, this is free will. You have free will, because that, that was the game. You know, right. we basically gave birth to free will when we said, hey, what if we forget we're God? We now have free will. We'll act like God, we'll act like things that don't look like God, and it'll all be really messy and kind of complicated. And half the time you won't even be able to tell what's really good and what's really bad because it's all pretty mixed up. You know, that, that sounds kind of, woo, that's gonna be a ride, you know? Okay, so, um, so here's the loop that we mostly get caught on, is my assertion, okay? This is the soup of crap that we've been chatting about. Um, and this is where you're playing the game unconsciously. You're not aware that you're playing the game. And that's part of what makes it fun. You know, it's part of why people come here. They don't, you don't know you're playing the game. Right. But you know, so you think of the person with the controller, right? So this is who I'm talking about. So it's like, you have the avatar, boop, boop, you've got Mario on the screen, and then you've got the person with the control. That's the player, right? The player is controlling the avatar. We also have a player, which is our, you know, super conscious basically. And it depends on which voice you're listening to. So one right. side, is the unconscious player. You're unconscious and you're just going to keep looping. I mean, the main thing to know about this side is like, it's the, just the cycle of constantly forgetting who you really, you might remember, up above, oh God, I just forgot again. I might remember, oh, I just forgot again. Right. You know, or maybe you just don't remember for 50 Never lifetimes, ever. you know, or ever. Right. So you just keep, and this includes birth and death. You know, you can go, you can die. You still don't remember who you really are. You come right back in. It's called reincarnation, you know? So we play the reincarnation game. The, the thing to know here is while we created the game to begin with, we forgot we created it. That's part of the game. You forget you created the game. But that's where you feel like a victim. That's where you feel like a plaything of the gods because you forgot you created the game in the first place. So therefore, everything happening to you is happening to you and not happening by you. And right. you really kind of don't have much of a choice. You kind of keep coming back and you keep learning lessons. And even in this lifetime, there's endless lessons to learn, you know, and then you come back again and you have karma and, you know, I mean, whatever kind of cycle you're on, you're just kind of caught in the cycle. What? Oh, and you're constantly in this duality and polarity loop. So you're constantly going to see duality and polarity around you. And guess yeah. what? You know, you're going to come right back the next lifetime and play another game of duality and polarity. You know, one of my favorite jokes is like, you know, so if you hate Republicans in this lifetime, you'll come back as a Democrat. If you hate Democrats, you'll come back. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of a funny way to think about it, right? It's like, you know, you'll probably come back as the thing that you resisted in the last lifetime, and then you'll be that, and then you get to play the other side of the game, you know? I mean, so we've got all these, like, you know, parts and pieces going on, which keeps us really distracted. But guess what? That keeps you in the game. It keeps you playing the game. The whole point is to play the game. Right. Until you choose. Perhaps it's not. So the other side, um, and you have free will. You know, you have free will to choose staying in the loop and listening to the voice of ego, 
and play the game, or you have the choice to, to um, listen to the voice of spirit and be the conscious player who's now guiding the avatar. So, and here's, here's the difference, right? You can choose either. And this is a moment to moment thing, right? I mean, um, until you're hundred percent enlightened, you know, you can pop back and forth. Oh yeah. This, this is a huge choice, right? I mean, whoa, to choose to listen. And this is the place of grace. This is the place of Christ consciousness. This is where Martin Luther King and Jesus and those people operated from. That is why they brought a higher vibration to this planet. Why? Because they accessed and they played their player from this place, not from the unconscious place. That's the difference. That way, that's why it makes all the difference in the world, who your player is. That's why you have a different experience of life based on who your player is. And then I'll get back to this part um, in just a second. But, you know, being the conscious player, that's the bridge energy. You can bridge. I, I mean, you understand what it's like to play around in that cycle, in that super crap. You know, you've done it. You still do it sometimes. You know, you're aware. But you're also aware that you're the savior that can take yourself out of it and that you're the creator of the game and that you can restore yourself to who you are as source energy. And it's 100% with you. And that's why I loved that last paragraph of Martin Luther King's speech, because that's what he's saying. He's He's been to the mountaintop. You know, when you're a conscious player, you're on the mountaintop. You can see, you can understand, you know, the things that you see before you. You understand it. You understand people's emotions. You understand their experiences. You understand they feel like a victim sometimes and they don't feel control and they don't know how to fix it. Right. right. And I think that's why we get such a level of angst underneath because we're like, part of us knows we're caught in this loop of the game and we want out and we don't know how to do that. We don't know. And that's why someone like a Jesus, a Martin Luther King, pulls us out, shows us something else that's possible. And right. they did it for themselves. And we feel like, oh, I need a savior to do it for me. No, we are all the second coming. We are all the savior. That's what enlightenment is, knowing that you're the savior within. And there's nothing that can touch that light. You know, and like I said, I mean, life didn't exactly go that well for them at the end, right? That wasn't what was important to them. So I'm not saying that just because you're the conscious player, life's going to go perfectly for you. No, that's not my point. You know, it might, might just go wonderfully and you barely, you know, hit any roadblocks or, you know, kind of the way the game is designed is you're going to hit roadblocks. So you're going to learn lessons until you pop out to that mountaintop, until you choose to play the game and run your avatar from that conscious plate. Um, and so, you know, it's just kind of a, let me see kind of what else I wanted to, and then I'll, I'll kind of tie in just the last piece here. Oh, so that's what I wanted to say, Kelly, you know, cause you've spoken a lot about you're the creator of your own reality. This is essentially what we're getting back to. And kind of, you know, what I wanted to just bring up for people is like, there's kind of two levels of creation. You know, there's the ultimate level where we created the game in the first place. And if you can take ownership there, it goes light years towards enlightenment because you're taking ownership at the most basic level. And in terms of God and all of that, we'll dive into that in a different podcast. I'm not going to go there this week. You know, we have plenty of thoughts on that. I'm going to kind of leave that out for now. And, you know, everyone can kind of, um, um, you know, just kind of leave that. But it's like, so the first level of creation is we created the game in the first place. The second level of creation is kind of here, you know, up here where it's like you're choosing. So, yes, you do have free will. You're choosing which player to play from, which level of consciousness to play from. To pop out of that um and and here's here's the catch right you you cannot access knowledge that you're the creator of the game 
from the unconscious place. There's no access. There's no loop. It's a hard line. There is, it's, it's blocked off. That's a hard and fast. You don't see it. You won't see it. You can't see it until you come over here. Then you're on the mountaintop and you know what you see? The promised land. You know, I mean, I loved his quote. It tied in so beautifully with some of this. It's like, you see the promised land. You know you are the creator linked to the ultimate creator, God, you know? So it's like, that's what he's talking about. He can see the 360 view, but you only have access from the conscious place. You do not have access from the unconscious place. And that's why it can be so hard to live from the unconscious place. That's why you have so many emotions you can't deal with it. That's why you, there's so much in the collective that just weighs you down because you're constantly stuck in this loop and you don't have to be there. You know, you are not a victim of anything happening. And um, so anyways, it's just a way to look at it. It's a way that can empower you. It's a way that can kind of pull in all these things that we've been saying and really make you think um, from that more expanded space and how you can bring that more expanded space to the collective. So, all right, Kelly, why don't you kind of dive in with a couple yeah. of things? I, I, I hear my monster voice. <laughs> you know, I was trying not to comment much as you were talking because I found that every time I would go, yeah, it would go, ah, and then it'd block you out. So I'm try I was like, trying to keep your lips. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. So, so like don't, a mime, a pantomime. I know. I was just like, that sounds great. Um, so I like so much about what you just presented because, you know, and I, the, the part that I love most too is that you made it very clear that even though you're in the unconscious, let's say that you're in the unconscious world and you're living that world, you always can come to the conscious. Always. Every moment. And that's so important for everybody to understand that because, you know, let's kind of we talked about this we kind of talked about like wanting to discuss subconscious versus conscious versus the unconscious so conscious is obviously as casey said you're awake you know you have awareness you have alignment everything's kind of squared away you know what's going on you feel it you see it you can taste it you can touch it you, you're on the planet and you know it but you also know there's other things the unconscious is where we are literally asleep and I know that everybody's come across those people where they're like, are they even awake? And I don't mean like they haven't slept for days. Maybe that has happened to them too. But I mean like just nobody's there. And then you have the subconscious, which is, you know, kind of like your treasure box. It has your past. It has your present. It has your future. It has all the desires. It has all of your dreams sitting in it. It has all of the um, infinite intelligence of the universe sitting in there. Now there's only one way to access the subconscious and that is if you are conscious because if you are not conscious then your vibration isn't high enough to receive the subconscious so it's really important that you understand you know the conscious is what brings you all the things that you've wanted for this lifetime because it's the only way you can access them out of the subconscious mind um so going back to some of your avatar stuff too that all goes into the idea of free will you know, and it's so interesting that you brought up Shakespeare because, you know, Shakespeare was not a believer in free will. <laughs> he was like, no, free will doesn't exist. It's only fate. You know, and it took Albert Einstein forever to believe in free will, too. 
until he finally did. And then he believed in Jesus and he believed in God and he believed in the universe and things all took him over. You have people like Plato and Aristotle and all these people that argued about free will constantly. You have gurus of today. I mean, if you were to put, let's say, Abraham Hicks, um, your guy, Matt, um, what is it, Matt Kahn, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. Matt Kahn, Wayne Dyer, Eckhart Tolle, Moji, um, Rupert Spira, and you were to put them all in a room, none of them would agree about what free will is. <laughs> the only thing that they would actually agree on is that we have it, but some would disagree how much you have versus how much you don't have. But they would agree that you do have it, and they would all agree of what free will actually is. And it's the ability to feel free at any point. You can will yourself to be there. So freeing yourself of what others think of you, of what you think of yourself if it's negative, freeing yourself of your possessions, freeing yourself of your thoughts, of your situations, of your drama, having the ability to free yourself up of all the controls that take you over on a daily basis and allowing those ego forces, which is the control forces, to subside so that you can try and be in the present moment and in the conscious moment. So you have the ability, everyone agrees, you were given free will by God. I mean, criminy, he wouldn't put us on this planet without some space to move, you know? But he isn't gonna, I kind of agree with some of them that he isn't gonna give you so much that you destroy the world. Does that make sense? So it's like, you're given a certain amount and you need to treat it well. And he's not going to give you, it's like, you know, here's Sydney, here Hattie, you know, to my kids, here's a whole bucket of candy. Do I trust that they're going to not eat hundreds of pieces and not be sick to their stomachs? No. That's why I give them two or three. You know, and I think that free will kind of is that same way. So be very conscious of the decisions that you are making in that free will space. Um, so if you're willing to be free of all attachments and expectations, remember we talked about that too. And I think expectations kind of tie into the victimized portion of our lives. Because if we're expecting things all the time and we have all these attachments, then we become a victim to those expectations and to those attachments. And we run our life off of attachments and expectations. Well, that's no fun. Who wants to live in that space? That's an avatar that I want nothing to do with. Because every day I'm living for something else other than myself. Which is funny because it's basically so, the game we've created. You know, it's like we kind of live in that game exactly. until you choose another game. Do you know what I mean? Right. And then you realize right. other games are available. That's not the only game in town. But you right. don't know that until you wake up to that. You know, I think yeah. that's why the waking up is such a thing. You know, and then you realize, okay, I'm going to start to choose what game I'm playing. I don't want to play that game anymore, you know? Right. And if you can free that up, if you can get out of that game, then you have so much access to your actual destiny. Yeah, you, you can know? pick and choose from your subconscious. Like you were saying, right. you're going to pick and choose. Like, okay, you know what? I want to play with that, or I want to experience that, or I want less of that. Like you said, sometimes it's just saying, I don't want that. And right. leaving space, you know, and then holding space for what else is possible and seeing what arises, you know, and amazing yeah. things will arise from the subconscious that you didn't even know were possible, but you left the space for it, you know? So right. I think that's kind of, you know, addresses a lot of what you'd said about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, and control and attachments and expectations, those aren't freedom. Yeah. 
Oh, so true. It's like a shackle, you know, it's almost yes. like, and that's kind of my point about the loop. You're shackled to it right. until you right. let that stuff go. So you know, and that do doesn't mean you can't enjoy life and have, but you, it's the attachment piece that gets you. Yep. Right. Well, what is it that would free you of control? What is the one thing? Trust. Trusting in the cycle of life. Trusting, like you spoke about tonight, trusting that we are here for a reason and that there are all these parts are in motion for a reason. Trust it. Relax into it. You know, when we sit there and we attach ourselves, you know, in that control, we have no freedom. Trust is freedom. It allows space. It's like a relationship. If you trust somebody, oh my gosh, look at all the space you have. But if you don't trust them, then you have nowhere to go. The love yeah. can't grow. The, the surroundings of you can't grow. Your life together can't grow because you don't trust where it's going next. And the same thing is you yourself. If you can't trust you yeah. in this game exactly. of life, then you can't go anywhere. You can't make that full circle. You can't come out of that unconsciousness and ride back to the consciousness because you don't trust anything. Trust it. If you can be, if you can do anything, just start trusting. Um, this is something you and I have talked about a little bit. And, you know, I, I kind of just said it, you know, feel free from your possessions, feel free from, you know, your furniture, you know, things like that. Feel free from other people. Feel free from this stuff because you come into this life free of all of it. And you're sure as hell leaving free of all of it. So why instead of when you're here in the middle playing this game of life, can't you be free of it? Well, and here's the thing too, though, that I do think, I think some of that baggage energetically, though, goes with yes. you. And that's the other powerful piece. You know, you'll leave all the material stuff behind. But here's the kicker. I mean, if you energetically die physically with all this junk still in your field, your field goes with you. You know, that's right. why people have these beliefs in karma and reincarnation. And, you know, no matter what people listening to this, whatever their beliefs are, there's something you, you do actually carry a weight with you, I believe, into yes. the afterlife. And I think that's why there is this cycle. You know, you almost do some of the same version in the afterlife because you're still weighed right. down by what you didn't cleanse while you were here. And, and what cleanses is the consciousness. Consciousness right. cleanses in a, in a heartbeat. I mean, just in no time whatsoever. It completely mm -hmm. clears everything. Yeah. Um, so it's like, if you, that's why people, you know, dying on their deathbed with regrets or things like that. Why do you think people do try to lighten their load as they pass? Because they're starting to sense, wow, I'm actually carrying this with me. You know, so that's another impetus for, you know, why was somebody like Martin Luther King the day before he dies? I've been to the mountaintop. I'm good. I'm happy. Right. I mean, because he was free, he was free in his soul, no matter what, you know, it's like Nelson Mandela. He was in prison and he was free. He was freer than most people that walk around on this planet. Why? Because he didn't choose to carry the weight. I mean, and that is what we are all called to do. And if you can release those burdens here, it will serve you. And then you have a choice. Because I believe once you are playing from the conscious place, that's, that's why people strive for this thing called enlightenment. Why? Because you're at choice. If you're caught in a cycle, you have choice and you have free will, but it's within a very narrow range to some degree. The range is a lot more contracted. 
And when you're coming from that conscious place, you actually have choice. You can go, yeah, I want to go back and play the game of earth again, or you know what? I'm actually not going back again. And, and you, but you have that choice, you know, to go back to the video game piece, you know, where it was created in the first place, you know, you know, yourself as source as part of that creation. So you can, Oh, actually I'm going to go play that other game now, you know, whatever. But if you're caught in the loop, I think you're caught until you're caught. So it's, it's, you know, good motivation for why, why pursue your spiritual studies while on this planet? Why is that important? Why isn't it just more important to chase the money or chase the fame or chase all these, you know, which is fine. That's a fine way to play the game. No judgment, you know, it's all good and it can all mix and match and whatever. But at some point, many of us get a level of clarity that, you know what, there's a different game I want to play. And, you know, for me, that game is called grace. I want to play the grace game for the rest of my life and every moment that I'm able to. That's why I'm doing something like this podcast. That's why I do what I do in my life. That's why we have the conversations we have. Why? Because that is the most important game to me now. And it's anchored in my soul, you know? Um, and I still, you know, it's kind of like uh, 007, you know, you still do your avatar on the outside and I'm a mom and I'm a wife and I'm a, you know, you kind of have your, your characters. I still play and I'm still speaking my parts in, you know, the movie um, of everybody else's movie, you know, and how they're interacting. But at the end of the day, my real job here on this planet is to anchor the vibration of grace in any way that comes to me to do that. And that's a fun game to play, you know, and beautiful things show up inside of that. And inside of that, there isn't the weight of, wait, but the world doesn't look like this yet. And it doesn't look like utopia yet. And, you know, the know-it-all that we were talking about, it's like, but da, 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 da. I don't, I don't have to get weighed down by those pieces. That doesn't mean that there aren't moments, you know, and I'm in a human body and human bodies have emotion and that's part of the game. You know, you have emotions and you have biology and you have ways that that can take you over and that that can, you know, um, guide your experience in life, right? But there is the witness, the observer that can begin to override some of that, you know, not that you can't still have fun with it and play with it. That's all good. But you start to click into that space where you're like, okay, I'm creating this. I'm creating this movie. Maybe I'm creating this game. You know, you start to tap into a little bit. And when you are coming from the conscious place, then you can guide it more. That doesn't mean you'll control what the entire world looks like, you know, necessarily. Um, and even though, you know, I mean, I thought that was kind of what came through for me too. Like there was this beautiful portal in the 1960s, right? Where something came through that was possible for the planet, you know? And I do, like I said, I feel like there's another portal right now. And that's something I want to play with, you know, to how do you crack that open even wider? That doesn't mean the world's going to be perfect. I mean, like I said, this game was kind of designed. It's kind of messy, you know? Um, but that, oh, that was the other piece I wanted to bring in, Kelly, because we talked so much about the contrast. And I think the other biggest thing that keeps people stuck. And I say this from experience, you know, it's the whole contradiction. It's like life can be such a paradox. Do you know what I mean? Where it's hard to sometimes even know what the right answer is. Sometimes there isn't a right answer. Like I had a really silly example. So, um, you know, like let's say you have a house cat, right? So it's better for the house cat to have some freedom. Like he wants to roam. He wants to go chase things. He wants to be a cat. But then there's all these like laws now where they're like, you can't have outdoor cats because, you know, they're going to eat the wildlife. So at that point, it's like, well, whose life is more important? Is, is it the freedom of the cat to explore and to be? Or is it the life of the bird and the life of the other wildlife that's, you know, getting taken out by this cat? And so you can say, well, 
you're not a cat lover. Well, you're not a bird lover. I mean, what are we going to fight between the cat lovers and the bird lovers? I'm using this example right. so I don't have to bring up anything political or anything, whatever, but right. it's so true. It's like, who's more important, the cat or the bird? Well, they're both very important. That's what this world is full of. It's full of contradiction and paradox and people cannot be with that. I say that from experience. It's so hard because we want, like I said last week, we want a clean box. We want a nice bow. We want a perfect little utopia and people getting along. And it's like, here's what the game is. You know, we created this game collectively. We're playing this game and we're constantly, you know, and inside of expanding your vibration, who knows what's possible? I don't know. Maybe there is a nice little bow somewhere, but in the meantime, you know, can you be with the paradox? Can you be with the contradiction? Can you be with the fact that sometimes there is no right answer and no wrong answer, or maybe it's just kind of somewhere in between, you know, can you be with that? Can you start to embrace that and accept that and realize everyone's playing their part, everyone's playing their role. And that's what we all came here to do, you know? So it brings a little bit of lightness, a little bit of perspective, a little bit of not expecting things to work out and work for everybody. And, you know, you got to be a little um a little more flexible than that in your thinking yeah. rigidity will just it's a, it's a shackle like we said before the rigidity the attachment it's a shackle and you need to free yourself right well and th that brings up a good point i mean in the midst of all this you, you're going to fail you're going to stumble and i think a lot of people forget that that stumble and that failing is you know it's also because we're ever evolving you know we're always evolving my awareness and your awareness one second ago is not the same awareness that we have right this second and so you have to make that conscious effort of okay is my awareness going to be evolving or de-evolving and how 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 do i choose how am i going to choose my thoughts from one moment to the next am i controlled by thoughts or am i controlled by awareness or what what is it and you have to have that heart to heart with yourself in this whole deal but yes you will stumble you will fall because you are evolving embrace the stumbles embrace the falls because as we've talked about in previous podcasts if it weren't for the stumbles and falls you'd have no idea where you wanted to be next it just wouldn't be because you wouldn't need it to be anywhere else. And in this game and in this lifetime, we need to figure it out. We need to travel somewhere next. We need to evolve. That's why you came here, was for evolution. And, and learn, so just, you know, it goes back to your trust piece, you know, yeah, make the trust. game, learning to trust yourself through all the stumbles, yes. through all the falls, through all the, wow, right. I was really unconscious. You know, that's yeah. all anchoring Embrace it. it. Trust yourself. And embrace it because it's part of who you are. And as Casey said, you know, you, you're not going to, and I, I want to kind of correct what I said. I didn't mean that you leave this life free of who you've become here. I just mean you leave it free of the chitter chatter and you leave it free of the possessions. So don't define yourself by those things because they do not go with you. You know, oh, I have to be a millionaire. Ha ha ha, straighten my collar. I'm a white collar. You're a blue collar. Suck it. Blah, blah, blah. You're black. I'm white. Screw you. You don't leave with any of that. None of it. You leave with what you do here. You leave with how you match this and this. Nothing else goes with you. 
So trust the process. Um, and I wanted to say something really quick because this keeps coming around. <laughs> Those purple flowers behind you. I don't know if you remember this. You started the conversation about your grandmother. Yeah. And I remember having a session with you after your grandmother had passed. I think I was doing acupuncture. And I said, pay attention to the purple flowers around you. Oh, that's sweet. And wow. There they are. You even brought her into this podcast. Thank you, Judy. Because cool. she was so, she was such a bridge energy. And, such, and that's why so many people gravitated to her. Yep. Because she accepted people. And you felt right. accepted in her presence. And it brought such a light to the room. You know, everyone who knew her would agree. And it's so powerful. You know, so it was just so beautiful to bring her into this conversation today um, because she just so embodies that. Well, and she, and she had you pick out the correct color. <laughs> <laughs> she did. She totally guided me. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. So oh, do we want to, I think we're, yeah, we're at our time. Yeah, we're, we're pretty much at our time. Can I say um, one thing real quick? Yes, of course. Because here was the other thing I wanted to say about this whole, since we're on free will and collective free will and personal free will. Um, you know, in this game, because I think sometimes we get bogged down by, you know, you create your own reality and, oh my gosh, I'm creating this thing. How do I stop creating it? You know, you can get in a bit of like a mind boggle with it and start to feel trapped, you know, which keeps you in that little loop. Um, and the, the thing to know about this world is like, you know, yes, I mean, some things are, you know, under your directive, you put out the right vibe, um, you know, and you attract, you know, the law of attraction, you bring things in that vibrate with you. But sometimes, look, shit happens here. You know, I mean, there's a reason why there's that bumper sticker, shit happens, you know, I mean, it's really <laughs> a really interesting, crazy place. Um, and like I said, we all created this together but we've forgotten that we did that. And so it can feel like it's coming at you. You know, I want to acknowledge that sometimes life really does. It feels like it's coming at you and you're just like, you know, trying to like get the water out, right? I'm drowning, whatever. Right, like right, I'm not right. saying the experience of that isn't real. Cause sometimes that's how we feel. Trust me. I know um, I've experienced it. I still do at times. Right. Um, right. You know, but like we said, it's kind of a moment to moment thing where you do remember, I mean, you can go from straight down in the depths of the water choking to straight up to the mountaintop in zero time. You know, you can make that journey. So I did just want to acknowledge that collectively, when you get all of our, you know, um, collective free will, that's still constantly creating what we're experiencing. So it's this constant um, intermarriage and intermingling and entanglement. That's the word I'm looking for. You know, it's like a quantum physics term. We are constantly entangled with what others are creating in their reality, what you're creating in your reality, how those are intermeshing and interacting and heart fields and this. I mean, think about it, right? I mean, if you could see the energies going on, I mean, it must just look like, you know, chaos from a certain chaos. perspective. So there are times this earth can be really hard. This earth can weigh you down, you know, this, this earth game. I mean, I'm, I'm not taking away from that, but that trust, that anchor, that light, the more it's like a muscle, the more you work it, the more accessible it is the quicker it's accessible. Right. And you are that. You are that big. You are the creator. You are that level of grace. You know, and oh, the big thing we want to say is like, you know, it goes all the way back to what I said in podcast number two with my little circle, right. um, which is that no matter what happens to you, hard things happen here, you know, and sometimes it's just kind of a mess, but no matter what happens to you, you always have control over your power to respond and how you respond to it. You know, it's not like 
it's not like necessarily that bad things happen to you so you can learn a lesson. You know, that, that's not what we're saying. But if really tough things do happen to you, you know, and sometimes that is true, but sometimes it's like shit happens. And when tough things happen, it's, it's what you do choose to learn out of it. It's a choice. And if you can do that consciously and be like, you know what, I'm going to grow from this no matter what, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to grow no matter what happens. Um, there was that quote, what was it this week, Kelly? Like they call me wild because I grow anywhere. Uh, I love yeah. it. Like, yes. No matter what happens in this life, you can grow. You can um, be your light, no matter how tough it is. You yeah. are that, you know, you are your own savior and, and know that you know, start to really know that and own that. And I guarantee it will transform your life. So I just wanted to put that in there because life can be hard. There are no bones about that, you know, but you always have, no matter what situation you're in or what happened or what is going to happen, you always have your own power to choose how you respond. And that is sacred. That is your sacred power that nobody, nobody can take. Yeah. Were you, were you uh, talking to my guides? Because that's pretty much what this is. Okay, okay do read it though. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so yeah, we'll, read, we'll read this. Yeah, we'll read this passage and then we'll um, we'll let you all be in the space that it is. Okay, so here is the channeled passage for this week. All right, dear ones, do not shelter in place. Do not freeze. Do not walk away, do not ignore. All that you are feeling, all that you are dealing with, is in part what you must see and feel to become who you truly are. We ask that you breathe, that you surround yourself with certainty, that this is your right path. You did not turn here by mistake, so please keep going. You are needed in the transformation of self and the world. Let go. We have you. We always will. This is your will. This is your creation of you. Change it if you wish, but only change it to become higher, to where we can hold your precious hands at all times, and you will be able to actually feel it. Let doubts of what is glide away on the clouds of heaven. All you need to do is ask, and you will receive all that you desire. The universe and God has not given you entrapment here on earth. It has given you possibilities beyond your greatest imagination. You just need to believe it. Your life is no different from the waves of the ocean that rise and fall, nor the butterfly in a field of flowers that is picking each one flower individually to be a part of her world as she pollinates to make your world possible. All that you are is all far greater than you could ever have hoped for. Be free, be willing, and be open to all that is you. We love you. We cherish you. Your guided source. All right. I love that word, cherish. I know. So sweet. I never use it. I, I don't know if anybody could see me locomote this way, but my Newfoundland just pushed me halfway across the freaking table trying to, you know, he's not comfortable where he's at. So. All right. Well, I think that's it. I think that we covered plenty of ground and this is going to be one that uh, is probably going to need to be listened to a few times. Yeah. yeah so I think it'll be fun to have this, you know, to keep expanding on. Um, but yeah, there's really a lot here. And yes. I just wanted to remind everyone 
Um, you know, tap into my 10 minute meditation that I recorded. Yes. It's really beautiful. It allows you to not solve anything and not fix anything, but to just be with, you know, to right. just anchor peace and grace in your vibration and not, um, you know, just, yeah, it just, it allows you to be really big and feel yourself as the greatness of God and just hold it all. You know, you can hold it all in your heart. You really are that big. So check it out. And I'll, you know, I'll put a link at the bottom of this as well. Yeah, it's beautiful. Do it. All right. Well, good night to all. We love you guys. Uh, be in the space that is yours. Enjoy it. Love it. Embrace it. And don't let all this stuff get you down. It doesn't need to be in your, in your game. And when it does, remember, you can get to the mountaintop. Yes, exactly. You always have access. Always. You can always rise above it. But we love <laughs> you. We love Good you. Night. Go have a cup of tea. <laughs>